0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Maybe Next Year, the podcast that could be being recorded right in your very own neighborhood. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Uh, we excitedly found out that Twitter follower and listener David is a is a resident of my exact neighborhood as he recognized my posted little free library that went up this weekend. Uh, but that is not why you're here. Unless you're David, in which case you were probably, you know, hoping that's we'll exactly die.
1: why he's here. It's yeah. Probably
0: the only reason he's listening. Um, but uh, you're here because the Bills beat the Dolphins 31 to 28. Um, they uh, I don't know. Defensive struggle. And um, gosh, where to even start with this game? Um, defensive woes, offensive highlights, dunking on stat heads. Um, gosh, I'm gonna pull up the box score, but Scott, why don't you get us started here and um, let us know what your impressions of this game were? At least those parts that were available to you. Uh, well, yeah. watching
2: over here, and over here in the in the UK, I was uh, we were all uh, flummoxed. I think I mm. would use the word by the the power outage and the lightning outage, mm-hmm. um, but neither of which led to an offensive outage. Uh, really from either team, but mostly from the Bills. Um, the, yeah, I mean, uh, as people may or may not have seen on Facebook, but I made a promise to myself that I would not say anything bad about Josh Allen this episode. That
0: Let's see if you uh, can do that.
2: Exactly. So we'll see if, so now I've set up Paul and Frank for the rest of the night to be like, Scott, what do you think Josh Allen's worst game was? Um, so that'll be. <laughs> That'll be fun. Um, we'll see if we. But can no, put, I mean,
0: Christian like, pretzel, yeah. But go ahead, yeah.
2: Yeah. Sorry. No, I, I think. What are you gonna say? I mean, like, he, <laughs> he, he. I can't say anything, so I won't say anything at all. No, um, no, he, he was, uh, he was good. He was it's the best we've ever seen him play. Let me give you the stat line: twenty four of
0: thirty five for four hundred and seventeen yards, four touchdowns, sacked just once. He also had four carries for eighteen yards. Um, and did not lose a fumble, even though a ball did get taken out of his hands on one of those rushes. Um, Josh Allen, of course. But yeah, go ahead. Continue to extol praise upon him, I suppose.
2: Yes. No, I I shall. I mean, last week I dinged him for the yards per attempt, which was something on the orders of basically what he he averaged last year of 6.8 yards per carry. I didn't do the math, but given that he threw for over 400 yards on less than 40 attempts. That probably puts him well above 10. 11.91. Um,
1: Thank you, which Google is
2: pretty good, given that you only need 10 yards for a first down. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, it was— I think the problem for me is, as a fan of this particular Buffalo, Buffalo Bills franchise, who has yes. not had a decent quarterback since— I mean, you could say maybe Bledsoe had some moments and Fitz. That's the thing. Bledsoe had some moments. Fitz had some moments. But, you know, Tyrod even had some moments here and there. Um, But really, since Jim Kelly has not had an actual living, breathing quarterback. And then a Wisconsin football fan as well, who for one glorious season had Russell Wilson. And, you know, we were dropping dropping 70 points a game on people. Um, It was – I've never seen – what good quarterback play looks like. So I I guess it's hard for me to, to really, I think, I think some of this is hard for me because it's like what a good quarterback does not make every throw. I mean, that's the thing. Like Russell Wilson's playing out of his mind. He's got nine touchdowns and 11 incompletions on the year. Um, But like, that's, that's like, that's like video game quarterback level. Josh Allen is well into good quarterback level, a borderline great quarterback level right now at least the way he's playing. I um, think
0: seven touchdowns and zero interceptions in two games is, is in, in 700 yards. I, I think you have to give him great, right? I think he's playing great.
2: He is playing great. I will. We, say I, I,
0: I, I'll, great. I'll agree that maybe the book's not set that he is great, but like, you mm-hmm. can't look at those two starts and say, no, he's playing pretty great.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I, it is. And, and obviously it's a team effort. Um. You know, I don't want to, I mean, we can yeah. spend more time talking about Josh, but obviously like, the, I mean, obviously, a lot of people have been singing uh, Brandon Green's Pays for not just this year, but all the mm-hmm. other years. But really, like, the Diggs trade, everyone is just like, what a heist at this point, because Minnesota can't score. <laughs> they had, like, 115 passing yards on Sunday, and Diggs had 153 receiving yards himself. Um, he's obviously, like, uh, a beast and a guy who has has really kind of obviously... You know, I think we were struggling, and I'll, I'll pass it over to Paul after this, and he can talk about mm-hmm. the defense or whatever else he wants to talk about or more on the offense. Or, or <laughs> you know, more on Josh. Yeah, Or more on Josh, <laughs> whatever. There's so much. But I think one of the other things that uh, we I've kind of struggled with, and it was a good – someone brought it up as a criticism of Brian Dayball, I think, on a Buffalo Rumblings article a little while back of, like, what is this offense? What, what, what are we good at? What is this offense supposed to be? And I think the answer is mm-hmm. this is – La this was always supposed to be the Alabama offense. The one that basically he ran at Alabama. They had run it before a little bit in Alabama and they continue to run it still. It's a college offense. It's a it's a little bit of read option, but it's a lot of like deep deep passes making people defend all four quarters of the field or all parts of the field stretching them horizontally with short passes and slants as much as you are with you know deep passes um, but also having a running game that's kind of a supporting role but still have some screens it's got a lot of things in it um, and the the problem with the way that alabama runs it is the one of the reasons that they're so good about it is obviously they have better players than everybody but they also have had had true number one receivers at alabama who make you cover the whole field julio jones um, calvin ridley guys who are NFL players right now um, who are number one wide receivers in the NFL, and they were doing it in college. And last year, I think the offense may not have made as much sense because without that guy, even though Josh Brown was very good, you kind of need more than just those guys because that was the thing. Like there were times when Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley were on the same field at Alabama. And so um, those you needed multiple kind of deep threats to really take advantage of the offense. Otherwise, people are just going to roll coverages. And now uh, with this offense, kind of, um, it's it's achieved its final form. Like it is, it is kind of the full on, like just just blow your doors off, go fast, kind of a little bit of run and shoot, um, you know, fun and gun college offense. And it it's got the horses to run it. Josh Allen's running it great. Uh, I hope I hope that it keeps going. Ultimately, the NFL is a tough league. Uh, yeah, I think no. the only thing I'm concerned about is that. There's not a lot of film on this offense the way it's built right now. Now there's two games. People are going to start picking it apart. I think that was the other thing we can talk about briefly maybe later is whether or not – the. I think I'll just say it now. Frank and I were debating on, on WhatsApp. Like did the bill slow down in the third quarter or was it just kind of contingency and like some bad luck with the, the being backed up? I think what it kind of turned out to be at least – Kind of inferring from what the announcers were saying is that the dolphins, basically, who had been running a lot of man offense and they had the corners to do it, they basically switched to his own in the second half because they were getting torched. And so the bills probably needed a quarter to kind of figure out how to attack it. And then they were able to to revert to do that. So they're putting teams on their back foot, but ultimately, like other teams are going to be in a better position to do that than the dolphins.
0: Uh, it's, this is a good place to to bring up Brian's comment about how did we root for a team. Uh, that hadn't thrown a 300 had, hadn't had a 300 yard winner, uh, in six years. Um, how did we keep supporting this team was basically his comment. And I think that is a fair comment. And I would like to pass it on to Paul now, because as, yeah. as Scott points out, like we got a lot of different things to talk about here with this team and, and what to do.
1: We do. I will quickly mention that uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss had 18 carries for 93 yards total, which is a 5.2 average. I wanted to mention mm-hmm. that because I felt there was very little chance of that even being touched on it's this just, podcast because things went yeah. so well with the passing game. There's so much to talk about with the and there's stuff to talk about with the defense as well. Right. So I they won- could
0: run. They just didn't. Yes,
1: exactly. And even Frank had mentioned Josh's four carries. Really, it was two because two of those were kneel downs. Uh, One was a great uh, straight ahead first down run and the other damned if he didn't try to get a first down by plowing over Dolphins, whose numbers were in the 50s and 90s to try and get to that marker. So uh, good job by the running game. But yeah, this was all about and you talked about the comments we're getting, Frank, and, and that this is This is how did we root for a team that didn't have this dynamic in offense before? Now that we know that this exists, you have literally three wide receivers on pace for a thousand yard season, which is not going to happen, of course. But you see what the addition of Stefan Diggs has done for this offense. Eight catches, 153 yards, uh, one alleged touchdown. I haven't seen it. Uh, No, I did see it. He punted the ball, but the Dawson Knox fumble, there's no video of. So we have no proof that happened. But uh, re- regardless, this was what we'd been waiting for out of Josh Allen. He endeared himself to Scott, I'm sure, in his game when he said it's not about the X's and O's. It's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. So I know uh, Scott would appreciate that. Yes, um, and yeah, so this was this is that identity. Scott, Scott alluded to that, talking about this is what their identity is. He called it the run and shoot. And that is what I will always call it, too. They call it 10 personnel now when you have... Uh, four receivers a running back and no tight ends on the field. It'll always be the run and chew to me. Gabriel Davis had one good play, but man, was it a good play and a game changer, a third down touchdown catch. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen and John Brown were on the wrong page on a, on a potential pass to put away the dolphins in the third quarter. They come back in the huddle. They talk about decide We're just going to run the same damn play and do it this way. And then they get a touchdown, another key third down play that essentially closed out the game. There will be regression. These were the two weakest, you know, teams on their schedule. Possibly, of course, it's too early to know that, but it's we do know it's going to get tough for the next four weeks when they have opponents whose combined record is eight and zero. But this is the exact type of offense performance that we really I would love to get used to this. And I'll leave a lot of the offense for Frank. The rest of it, and then on defense, yeah, we we saw that this team was really missing. Uh, Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, uh, by all accounts, Dodson, Klein, Madikevich did okay, but they didn't get very deep in their zones or a lot of plays. Mike Gasicki made them look uh, foolish, and when you look at the tight ends coming up in these in the next four games, all of whom are Pro Bowl caliber tight ends, that's going to be a concern if they do not uh, if they're not at full health for these coming games. And of course we saw Levi Wallace's struggles, you know, which we'll get to a little bit later in the question segment two, but you know, you hope with a return of the linebackers with some adjustments with not being picked apart by Fitzpatrick, who was good Fitzpatrick, you know, we've seen good Fitzpatrick and we know what he can do and he did it. Uh, you know, that, that can just sort of happen. So all in all, I you know I said, I love this team. It's not necessarily a justified love or a permanent love, but when you look at what they did and the fact that when they went down the fourth quarter, my thought wasn't, uh, you know, are they going to blow this game or, uh, you know, this is can they come back? I, I think they can. But can they? It was more like, ugh, why are you making me sit through this drama when you're just going to pull it out in the end anyway? And now I'm just getting all agitated. And it was nice to have that attitude for for a change of pace.
0: Yeah, it was it was. Um funny in the third quarter when they had the or sorry when they had taken the lead in the fourth quarter and I felt like our entire whatsapp conversation was like okay four minute offense here we go and forget it they just like were still throwing over the top and saying let's get up by 11 um and, and and to then hear McDermott in the post game not just embrace at the end of last year both he and Bean talked about the offense of getting better and and the offense of course did get better but to see them embrace a passing offense uh, like they have, like this, where they are throwing the ball to put away teams um, when, you know, running the ball would have been what, I mean, certainly every coach, including this coach, would have done in years past. And to just have them realize, like, no, that's not the way for us to win this game. The way for us to win this game is to get up two scores and and really try and just um, and hammer it out. That's awesome. I just it it shows a, a level of flexibility in, in the in the uh, head office that is um, awesome. It's just right, to, not to sound like a broken record, but awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, you had brought up them repeating the same play. They basically did the same play with with smoke twice. They did that in the first quarter too with Diggs. Uh, the first drive stalled um, uh, and it hit had hit Diggs in the hands on like it was just missing him. And they on the next third down they did the exact same crossing pattern. Uh, where they they took it and and, and this time it went for a first down and then a little bit more too so I'm really excited to see what amounts to trust in the in the players to get things done and get things right Um, and to just not be afraid of what they're doing and it's just everything they're doing exudes confidence and it it seems to be paying dividends I'd like to um, move over to the defense you guys really did we could talk about Josh Allen and and his uh, accolades all day, um, and I, we'll get back to it more. Um, obviously, um, Levi Wallace just absolutely got exposed um, today or, or on Sunday, and I think that's in part because of Edmonds and Milano. I mean, they changed the middle of the game. I don't think Mike. I think Mike Gusecki, It probably is a good tight end, and I don't know if he gets eight catches for 130 yards and a touchdown if they're in there. But I think that there's a lot of stuff where. The middle of the field was so exposed and I had said and one of my thoughts was when their goal line stand, which was a, an excellent defensive um, sequence. Uh, and then really the next time they were down there, it took them a little while to, to move the ball in. I felt like as the field compressed and and the middle of the field wasn't quite as big and the corners in the defensive line could sort of be played closer, it, it was a little bit easier. I felt like that exposed or really demonstrated the exposure that missing both of those linebacker linebackers, um, you know, brought up, and so I'm happy to see that they were limited in practice today, as opposed to not practicing at all like last week. Um, I'm I'm feeling like maybe they they smartly decided to roll the dice against um, the Dolphins and not so much the the Rams and other teams, and, and roll the dice on whether they could just you know play through it from week two, uh, t- a four point. To to be down in the fourth quarter was a death sentence for this team, as as was said on bills and beers. I think Lars used the phrase "death sentence" with Tyrod Taylor. I mean, he would get down in the fourth quarter, and that was it. I think he, he won the one game. And to have a, a game where you know you're going against Miami or you're going against next week Los Angeles, and the game plan, like our discussion to this game, I guarantee you will not involve phrases like "we really have to hold them to 17" because we think we can score 19 against or 20 against the Rams. And we would have all been like, they're going to lose because there's no way they could hold the Rams to 17. But to see them be able to get into a shootout and win a football game is impressive and awesome and in a weird way, exactly what I needed to see. I felt like this was better than um, a complete smothering of the Dolphins because you can really look at some of their defensive liability and you can say that they see that they overcame it. And so to me, you know, absolutely. There's 14 games left. They could finish this season two and 14. I doubt it, but they could. Um, but I think that everything they, they've beaten all the people that they put, they they could only beat the Jets and Dolphins and that they did. Um, and so really impressive win, top to bottom uh, certainly speaks volumes about where Buffalo is and what they're they're doing. And of course, you know, sole possession of first place in the AFC East. So with this, I think, um, do we want to talk about? I mean, the lightning delay was weird, and the CBS power outage was weird. Uh, it certainly, <laughs> it certainly fostered an excellent T-shirt from the Bill Store, where they did like a stick figure drawing of of Stephon Diggs's first NFL touchdown, which you can buy now on their store. Um, but. I think that um,
1: right. I think the odd things were one, we will never. Uh, I mentioned never seeing Dawson Knox's fumble. I don't think there's mm-hmm. video of it. And the other weird thing of it being like 4:40 p.m. and I'm like, man, all the games aren't done, and we're. So, I'm like, oh right, there was a huge delay in this game, but yeah, it was weird. Weird is the right word.
0: Okay, so I think we'll just do that. Let's do three. Let's just talk about uh, our three stars then. And and move along. um I, I have a feeling I can guess one of the stars. I feel like I could guess all three of the stars. Oh, uh, he's got a sure. lot of
1: options on both teams here. He does. There's a lot does. of big numbers. I, I,
0: oh, I wanted to shout out Ed Oliver, who, oh, who yes. got a, a sack and was on the sheet and and made some a good defensive run stop. And it was nice to see the ninth overall pick playing like the ninth overall pick, even if it was a year later. I felt like the defensive line needed to step up to cover for the linebackers, and I think. In part, they did as well as they could.
2: They anyway, they were sorry. they were in the in they were in the game. Obviously, like you know the the Dolphins are a professional team. They get a little credit too. They do not have a uh, monumental offensive line, so I'm not going to oversell it. But they they were they were in the game. They came to play. The defense did as well. They did their best. Yeah, um, I think the defense I think, with
1: Byron Jones might have been different for the Bills if they'd had
2: to face that.
0: Yeah, could have been a yeah. different team, but it wasn't.
2: It wasn't. Um, yeah, and uh, so it wasn't. So we we ended up with we with with three stars and some honorable mentions. Um, honorable mentions include John Brown with some excellent catches, four of them specifically for 82 yards and touchdown. Um, but not just him. Uh, I was also going to give one to uh, an honorable mention. Who was I going to give it to? Um, I was gonna give it to uh, Tyler Bass. All one for one field goal, four extra points. Hey, he's a rookie. He needed a, he needed a little pick me up. So if he's out there listening, we we still believe in you, buddy. Um, just try and. Put it in the middle of the fucking uprights. Yeah, there's like a the
0: whole work. like three quarters of the uprights you're not using, man. Yeah. Did, like,
2: did, did you guys also think he missed when you watched
1: it live? I'm like, oh, I, was I, ready saw for,
0: I saw it moving that way and I go, oh, Lord. But he is like kicking arena football league field goals, you know, like because <laughs> they have that. Them.
2: He's kicking them over the uprights. Like you don't get any points for putting it so high in the air that the refs can't tell. You need to they need to be able to tell that you made it. So just just lower the lower your, uh, you know, drop 10 degrees and fire for effect. All right. Just start 11.
0: We need you at like a six.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. This like save it for the kickoffs, buddy. OK, right. Um, but anyway, so those those will be your honorable mentions. Uh, your third star does go to Mike Kosicki with the eight okay. catches and 30 yards and a touchdown. I love my love my big tight ends. Um, I love them out of the Big Ten. Usually, they're from Wisconsin, a great tight end school. Mm-hmm. Mike Isicki, of course, from Penn State. Um, but obviously, as as Frank uh, and Paul did point out, of course, with with Edmonds and Milano vacating the the middle of the defense due to injury, that that certainly allowed him to probably explore the the studio space more than <laughs> he probably would have normally. But obviously, he was kind of a beast last year. I have a, I have great concern that he's going to be on the Dolphins for the next like ten years. <laughs> yep, I worry he to be like a mini Gronk. Yeah, I mean he's he's almost the same size. I don't think yeah, he's quite mini as mini being 250. Yeah, that's just and 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 good hands and and making tough catches. Like not not really fair to be to be that big and that kind of stuff. But. Uh, we were able to uh, contain him, at least in this faction. So that leads us to a second star of Stefan Diggs. Okay, he mm-hmm. catches for 153 yards and touchdown. Um, again, the the deep catches, um, the, the catches in traffic where he's reaching over somebody who, you know, by all rights probably should have gotten it. But Allen puts it up just high enough to where Diggs can get it and Diggs brings it in. Um, that was a ridiculous play. There, There's there's a he's. It's um again, it's another thing, like not used to seeing competent receivers on the bills. Like Stevie, like I, I love Stevie. Stevie would drop passes frequently. Like yeah. he was not like famously would would drop some <laughs> passes sometimes. My no. only time
1: <laughs> screaming loudly in a bar that uh Bjorn actually told me to quiet down a little bit because I screamed something like, Are you fucking kidding me? The son of a bitch dropped the ball, I believe was my
2: um, phrase. Yeah. um but you know like lee obviously a wisconsin guy i can't say anything bad about him but obviously he was not he he did not have the size and kind of the 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 size that like a true game-breaking kind of number one wide receiver does um you know to we got on the end of his career eric moles was the last wide receiver where i feel like we were like 100 like sammy was good but he dropped some passes he didn't always go over the middle strong um, and he was injured a lot. Mm-hmm. Eric Moulds was the only guy who I feel like we could say, like, he's showing up every week, and we are getting 100% of a very good wide receiver. And Stefan Diggs is, at minimum, that. At minimum. Um,
1: I'm still pissed at the end of his career, no one threw Eric Moulds, like, a five-yard out pattern because he finished his career with 9,995 yards receiving. It's like, just get him to 10K. Really? Yep. Yeah. Yep.
2: Had- oh,
0: well, I mean... Who was throwing to him at the end of his career? Maybe they tried, but...
1: Yeah, he was in Tennessee. That might have been... I think that was after <laughs> McNair. So they were down to... Um, geez, who were they with? It? Oh, Vince Young and Kerry Collins were throwing to him in Tennessee. Uh, by his Buffalo career, end of his uh, Buffalo career, it was not much... 05 would have been JP. No, it would have been mainly yeah. JP and Kelly Holcomb in 05.
0: Yeah. So yeah. good luck even getting a pass.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, your first star... The man with the 93.7 QBR. He
0: went to Harvard. Oh, wait, no. <laughs>
2: yeah, Max Fitz is like,
1: I didn't even get an honorable mention, you bastard.
2: <laughs> no, no, he didn't. He, he I mean, he, he played. He, he had a hundred well.
1: QBR. I mean, he like it,
2: that was a good Fitz game. Just... It a, no, it was a good Fitz game. Okay, fine. We'll throw him a fucking honorable mention. <laughs> Thank um, you. Please, uh, please. But yeah, Josh Allen gets the first star. 24 of 35, 417 yards, four touchdowns, uh just one sack. Um obviously the as we as we mentioned the four four runs for 18 yards with two nail downs included in there. So obviously yeah. uh the the whole the whole offense kind of revolved around him and um as I think people were saying most the years. first time a Bills quarterback has ever thrown for 400-plus yards in a regulation game? Is that, the, is that the stat? I think so, and
0: certainly it was like 300 in a win was last week. Bills 400-yard passers.
1: Yeah, I think Bledsoe did it in
2: overtime game. Overtime
1: game in '02 no against Minnesota. The, la, the only person, I think, to do it in regulation in the regular season, Kelly did it in a playoff game. I think it was Joe Ferguson did it in the early 80s against the Dolphins. Um, And that was a regulation game. I'm pretty sure I'm Googling it right now. But, yeah, it's been a long time.
2: I forget what it was. Yes. Anyway, uh, a ridiculous performance from Josh Allen. Hopefully the first of many. Those are your three stars.
0: Is that that the best quarterback performance in 20 years? It has to be, right? For
1: the Bills? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean,
0: like. I think you'd have to look at a, like a Bledsoe game, and even then, like I don't like I'd actually have to look at the Bledsoe games and and figure out, you know, which ones were. I would have to really look at them. That that Bledsoe, was a game. Joe, Fer, Joe Ferguson, nineteen eighty three, threw a four hundred yard passing game, although four hundred and nineteen yards, and then Jim Bledsoe Kelly.
2: In the Minnesota game, Bledsoe was 35 of 49 for 463 and three touchdowns, again in overtime. Yeah, so that's I think a game this was we better.
1: could have a podcast on that game because people forget yeah. about that. And that game that was, was a game. That was a, that was a
0: great game. That was a great. Yeah, so he, it's only the fourth time that somebody's thrown for 400 yards, right? So Jim Kelly twice, Joe Ferguson, and Drew Bledsoe, and that's it. Um, and then. Ferguson's probably the
1: most impressive because that was 1983 five touchdowns 419 yards crazy
0: yeah Jim Kelly and Steve Young only one of seven pairs of quarterbacks to throw for 400 yards in the same game in the classic September 13th 1992 Bills Niners uh victory for Buffalo that that might be my favorite game from my childhood but we I don't want to go we talked about that game before and we have requests to to keep it keep it quick. Um I don't have a heel turn. I was thinking about taking a swipe at bloggers, but Lars on Buffalo Rumblings already did that. You know, people who with their with their drafts draft nick stuff and then I thought about taking a swipe at Lars and being like, Hey, not all stat heads are terrible, but I, I feel like I just this game is so cool, we don't need a we don't need a heel
2: uh, right. turn. And you don't we don't want to build- you don't wanna- plus one out on me for my No, you're good,
0: No, you're good. You're good. I mean, look, the the reckoning will come and uh we none of us wanted to draft him. Uh you know, we were all scared of it. But I don't and and you know, look, I bought my Trent Edwards jersey in the middle of a jer- in, in the middle of a football year that I was super excited for. Um obviously this is a completely different level than him, but uh you know, the, the story, the full story on Josh Allen's not written, and I'm sure that there are struggling, there are struggles ahead for him yet. So we'll just sort of enjoy this. We'll move along. We'll get over to the injuries in the roster uh, stuff. Y- you got um, a handful of people who didn't practice. Delshawn Phillips, Dawson Knox, Teron Johnson, Cole Beasley with a hip or thumb, which it's I like. It's a hip say,
1: slash thumb, so I don't yeah, know if like he was trying to be all th- sassy with his hand on his hip and injured both. Yeah, uh, maybe it's a hip on thumb injury, but it said hip slash thumb on the Bills official injury. Report.
0: Which I read is hip or thumb, which is just a weird thing to get confused. Like <laughs> if it said like hip or leg, I'd be like, OK, that makes sense. <laughs> he doesn't quite know where it hurts, but yeah. hip or thumb uh, Ed Oliver, Oliver knee, Zach, Mal- Zach Mosto, Hughes got a veteran rest day. Um, it's, of course, just like the first Wednesday practice before the game. So some of these guys might practice tomorrow or Friday. Uh, certainly doesn't rule any of them out. I didn't see any injuries from this game that looked like uh uh-oh so I'm not worried about it and then of course the good news or the better news at least Edmonds in a non-contact jersey was limited and Matt Milano was limited and Trey White was limited um, with a shoulder problem or issue um, but they all did practice so you would presume that they are going they are a go against the Rams Um, Scott or Paul do you want to chime in on the uh, on this or the fact that Nate Becker and Antonio Williams were added to the practice squad and or Jason Kroon was released from the practice squad um, as we do our kind of personnel no- news and notes here. Yeah, I won't
1: go to too much detail. I think I'll, you, you, a lot of these guys are names. You want to make sure they're they're going to play, the, especially Ed Oliver with the knee injury, Zach Moss with the toe the guys who didn't practice are concerning to me. And I don't think Dawson Knox will play because it's, a, we're talking about a head injury there. Uh, yeah. So that could be a big deal. That's a weapon. You'd, you know, no offense to Tyler Croft and crew, but uh, that, that weapon's going to be missed. You hope Trey and, uh Tremaine and Matt come back and you know this is not going to be a, a an easy offense to play against next week um and on the practice squad moves I didn't even list that Evan Bain was added to the practice squad injury list because I didn't know that existed and that seems like a made-up thing but I think apparently that's this year I yep, think it's through this year yeah it's got to be because that seems just like a way to stash more players uh but yeah, I think I, I'll come. Becker and Williams have been with the team before, and the Bills are high on them both. And with the injuries they have at the tight end, running back positions, with Knox and Moss not practicing, you might want to look out for them this week. But T.J. Allen's probably a better bet. Same with Lee Smith. And then on the release for practice squad, Jason Kroom, I only wanted to note that he is the he was the last person on the Bills to catch a touchdown pass from Josh Allen in 2018. None of those players are with the team anymore, so uh so thank you jason for your service to the team but you know obviously he's fallen behind even nate becker in terms of what they're looking for for the future
0: kroom gets the broom
2: yeah i I think the only thing i'll add is is obviously um we're a bit you know the, the way that they've built the roster i'm trying to remember if we put anybody else on the roster at corner i feel like we don't i feel like it's still like white Johnson, uh, Wallace. I mean, Norman is still. Yeah, is Norman
1: not on the list? he's, yeah, no, he's, he's on. He's on he's injured reserve, so it's, he he's can't. He's on
0: play the three-week week anyway. IR thing. Yeah, so he, he yeah. can play next week, but not this week.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's. The, I think I'm. I'm definitely concerned about Teron Johnson. I, I think Trey. They were saying that was pretty minor. Um, and a shoulder for a corner is probably less critical, as less you know, obviously important for making tackles and to a certain extent getting his hands in the right spot but for the most part he's just got to kind of be in the area um, whereas some, uh,
0: some corners will just like actually have shoulder surgery to remove their soldiers to reduce weight and then they can run faster
2: exactly and and, and I am fully in favor of that kind of
0: uh that kind of behavior yeah.
2: Like, yeah. and in fact that's a good wacky schedule for next year it's all the corners have and all the, the non-essential shoulders. body parts uh, removed <laughs> um, uh, it will be like Laid runner or something um yeah. but anyway uh but to Ron johnson with the groin the groin obviously a lot more critical to the actual running and staying with guys and given the propensity for the rams to throw it and especially throw it off play action um that will be a kind of critical loss if that ends up being a, a major issue and given our lack of overall depth uh in the secondary uh that will be concerning so um, that's the one that I'm I'm most worried about. Otherwise, yes, it'd be good to get Edmonds and Milano back, obviously. Um, but uh, in some ways, uh, I was encouraged. In some ways, by the uh, by the play of the linebackers, even if they were being torched, um, it's not. It's gonna. It was. It, it was gonna have to happen against somebody, and we survived. So hopefully, they're in a better position now to, to to deal with future teams going forward. So,
0: so let's get to listener questions. And while we're doing listener questions, I've put a link in our chat, guys to the Bills fan boxes. Um, as you know, on Sunday, I was itching to buy a jersey. We decided that I would probably jinx whoever I bought if I bought a jersey. Uh, and so what I did was I signed up for these Bills fan boxes, uh, which will support local charities. Uh, each of the shirts are designed by a, a player. They sort of promote what the player wants to promote. And I so I got one. I got my first one, and I have another one coming for the Rams game soon. There's one for each home game through the season. I did that, and I also bought Josh Allen's cereal, Joss's Jacks. And so after that, but before this day in Bill's history, I would like to discuss briefly um, what it's like to have Jacks in your mouth, um, <laughs> as we have been saying all in my house all week. Um, so I have Which I'm comp- sure you started. I There is... No, it was literally my friend tweeted me like, are you going to buy these? Do you want to get Josh's Jack in your mouth? And I'm like, I can't possibly turn that down. But we will discuss that in a moment. Let's get to Tom's question. I'll read Tom's Facebook question, which is our last Facebook question. Thank you. You can always go to Facebook.com slash B Bills MNY to find us. Um, If you could go back in time and pluck any quarterback from the Bills roster between now and 2005 to start against the Rams, who would you pick? And the Follow-up to my my clarifying question is, you are taking them from that exact moment. So if you were to pick Ryan Fitzpatrick, you'd probably have him a week before he signed his big contract extension. That was the idea. So from 2005, so we are in a post-Drew Bledsoe world, all the way up through presumably Josh Allen. Um, Josh Allen three days ago. And so – Paul, I, I, I had sent you the picture of the of the box earlier, so I'm assuming you've already thought about it. I'll go to you first to answer this question, to give Scott enough time to wrap his head around everything we're doing.
1: OK. Um, all right. So on the on the first first, I'll get to Tom's question. And, you know, I would obviously choose. I would say Josh Allen. Uh, if we feel that's a cop out answer, I'm going to say Peak Fits because his good games tended to be crazy. Good games there are definitely some other viable contenders if someone wants to pick them. But I, I think fits, I mean, he beat the Patriots in that crazy 2011 game, which was approaching, uh, you know, nine years ago this week. I know when I was compiling mm. headlines. You, I'm not going to mention any other quarterbacks cause it's just going to give it away as far as um, so Josh's, jacks what is my what is my assignment oh here? no no
0: no i i will i will discuss josh's jacks uh, after listeners questions so right. yeah, i just wanted so, to yeah. prepare you for josh's and i'll get a picture of josh's jacks in the in the chat for you both as well
1: all right, all right. so i'll go with alan and if he's not really part of tom's question then i will go with Fitz for 25 and 2 2011 fits
2: yeah, I mean, uh, it does kind of seem like a trick question because, I I mean, it, it, it almost should be like, what are the quarterbacks other than Josh Allen? Um, but maybe that's not what he's thinking. Maybe it is more of like a, you know, maybe he thinks that Josh isn't that good or, or whatever. Um, I mean, I think that's that's fine if, if you think he's not good. Obviously, I've taken an oath that he, he is the guy. For this particular team um so i will say if i was going to pick one quarterback to start on sunday i would probably pick um i feel like i would like to see another another like what about like a a nice um i want to see like a nice like who was the guy who came on in the uh, Joe Webb. I want to see a nice Joe Jordan. Webb. That's right, in the Colts' snow game. That's a yeah, good game. I... Okay. He, yeah. I mean, not because I think he'd win or he'd be the best. I just kind of want to see, uh, let's throw Joe Webb out there. Why see what not? happens. Or Jeff Toole. Maybe Jeff Toole is the guy that I, I kind of catch up that, with.
0: Quick Dad Lewis signing. Yeah.
2: Dad Lewis, that's who I was thinking. That was another one I was trying to think of. Yeah. Very nice. Some, Some of our our, our more forgotten kind of Bills quarterbacks in the last, you know, 15 years. I think the most
1: forgotten is Levi Brown, right?
2: Yep. Levi Brown, another one. That's a good one. This is a a nice trip down memory lane. So, yeah, I feel like no, wanted to win the game, yes, (laughs) you'd pick Josh Allen. But there's a lot of reasons that you could pick any of these other guys to go out there. So, yeah, I mean—
0: I'm going to I'm going to side with Tom here and and, and believe that Tom, the point of Tom's question was to really hone in on the fact of how different Josh Allen is from everybody else. I'm going to assume that his question is like, all right, take away Josh Allen. Let's do this. And the point of the exercise is to be like, good God, like what a difference, right? Like Josh Allen provides hope wherein all these order, other quarterbacks really wouldn't have. Um, and to that extent, to drive such a point home. I think I would choose either Tyrod Taylor or Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman's almost too cute, but I almost would want to see Tyrod Taylor do this game. And I really and he had a weird chest injury this week and he had to go to the hospital. And I'm glad that he seems to be okay and I'm rooting for him. I like Tyrod Taylor as a person. He seems just fine. But I would we like. We wish to put... him
1: the best for his punctured lung issue because the Chargers. Oh, doctor is what it is? Is Apparently, ter- yeah. So the Chargers doctor was giving him an injection uh, for a rib injury. Oh my and
0: God! And he punctured puncture his, his lung? lung.
1: Yep, sent him to the hospital, yep. and that's why he missed oh against Chiefs. Oh
0: my God! They were like he was having weird chest pain, so they sent him to the hospital, and I'm like, okay, I hope that's not a thing that's like serious. They punctured his lung. Okay, so uh yeah anthony lynn has some answers that that, god that okay i don't want that to derail me i really hope it's okay (laughs) um but uh, going back to our old tyrod taylor uh situation i guess what i would say is it would be great to highlight the difference right now between a josh allen game and a tyrod taylor game and um and to really say like look did he turn the ball over no did he score any points no Right. Did he somehow like not get the ball to Stefan Diggs because nobody trusts him? Look, That's what it looks like. Um, so I, I feel like that would be that would be a bit good to see, you know, and to watch them probably lose the game twenty seven to sixteen. And, you know, they were in it at seven. They were down seventeen, sixteen until they gave up, you know, ten points at the end. So that's kind of where, where my head would be if I was going to take this in a different direction. Did we have Twitter questions We, we did Dan?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, David, right. apparently too lazy to walk over to your little free library and drop off a note. Uh, uh, come on, David. Uh, what can be done to shore up that second cornerback position? Trade? Hope that Norman will be better than Levi Wallace once he comes off IR? Um, that's a good question. Maybe Scott wants to tackle that first, and then I'll finish it off and frank in the middle
2: yeah yeah we'll 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 triple team this one um yeah i think (laughs) i i mean if you're counting on josh norman who was determined to be not good enough to play for the washington football team last year yeah like that that's that's not a good that's uh hope is not a strategy um that uh or hope is not a plan that uh i think I think Levi Wallace is unfortunately the plan. I think uh it's tough cover uh on Devontae Parker. Obviously it wasn't just him, um, but it was a lot of him and, and you know, Levi's gonna, you know, corners are gonna have some bad games sometimes. Unless you're Trey White, he rarely has a bad game. Um Stefan Gilmore got lit up by Russell Wilson on, on Sunday night. So, you know, it, it happens. Um I think in general, the theory is, is that we play a little more zone and try and protect him. Um, and that maybe we, we didn't do as much of that maybe on Sunday just for because of whatever Miami was running or or maybe it was just bad matchups. But um, hopefully, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's a plan. T- I think the Bills are comfortable with Levi and Josh Norman. I'm not terribly comfortable <laughs> with the situation or with the depth behind them, as I previously noted. But um, I think the Bills have kind of made their bed. I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to be shopping for new corners right now, unfortunately. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Scott's right. I think trading for a corner and and or acquiring one uh, that you hope to make an improved impact. Um, Football just isn't baseball in that way. Like, it's not as plug and play. And especially the way that this defense and this team plays, um, where they have a lot of trust and a lot of, you know, a lot of cohesion to introduce somebody I, I think is knock unless there's like a really serious injury to somebody uh, who starts Knock knock on wood. That won't happen. I don't see them pursuing anything like that. I think the best answer to Levi Wallace's issues are Matt Milano and uh, Tremaine Edmonds. I think if you're getting better linebacker play out of the middle, it changes things for the cornerbacks. I think another good answer is, improved play on the defensive line. If they are getting into the backfield this week against a team that has slower developing plays, look, the, the Rams are a deep throwing team. And you know, Fitz gets rid of the ball quick. It's one of the things he he's never met a, a a pass he won't try, Fitz. And so he gets rid of the ball. But if you can if you can have the time to get pressure on that quarterback, it changes the equation for Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace is the third corner on this team for a reason, because he's not as good as the first two, but he, so I think that as the rest of the defense improves, the pressure on him changes. And so hopefully that is, is the answer. But I think if, if, if you need to get outside of that, then we're, we're in tough luck, but you know, he had a terrible game. He really had a terrible game. It wasn't a bad game. It was a terrible game against the jets. He was absolutely abused. Um, he wasn't nearly as abused by the Jets. The Dolphins did it to him, sorry. And, um, and you know, he's going to have a hard day against the Rams. But if the linebackers are back, it will change that dynamic. And so here's hoping.
1: Yeah, that's those were both perfect answers. Since I don't have anything really substantive to add, I'll just note I agree with Scott's point that uh, while the Bills may be comfortable with their linebacker, cornerback depth, I am not. I think Frank made a couple excellent points too. one with Milano and Edmonds coming back that sh- you had Levi Wallace on a tight end a lot last game because that was the best Miami had to, to offer uh, as far as the second best Miami had to offer. That's why they put their number two corner on him all the time on uh, with Edmonds and Milano's two guys who can be past covering li- uh, tight end covering linebackers. Can they do it with Tyler Higbee? We're going to find out probably on Sunday uh, you know, but but they think in the long term they should help. And Frank also made the excellent point about the talent getting better around Levi Wallace. I think of another undrafted Alabama free agent from that's from twenty eighteen who was with the Bills named Robert Foster, who seemed really good to us until we saw what really good wide receivers actually looked like. And so we have an improved defense and maybe Levi is just not a long-term answer, uh, but of course, my real answer is Vontae Davis. That's that's what you got. Absolutely. Here,
0: yes. All right. What do we got?
1: All right. I think, are we ready for this day in Bill's headlines yet, or? Oh, no, we're doing uh, Josh's uh, Jacks.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I, that's the questions, then then thank you to our fans who can find us, MNY yeah. Bills on Twitter. Uh, yeah, so Josh's Jacks, um, I think it's interesting that They have blurred out the NFL logo on his helmet and his jersey. And if you go to the back of the box, which you guys can't see, they blurred it out again. But like it's very clearly like a pseudo Buffalo Bills Buffalo as part of his uh, as part of the logo. So I'm guessing there's some, you know, NFL trademark stuff going on here. Uh, But Josh's Jacks, they are red and blue Froot Loops. And I haven't had Froot Loops in a long time and my daughter was so happy to see baseball cereal until i told her no football she's like oh yeah football cereal and she's like let's definitely get the football cereal and her and i had it on saturday morning and it is like a direct injection of sugar like into your gums and i had energy all morning it's weird (laughs) but i did and they're delicious and we have since move to just sprinkling them on other cereals because there is definitely a high level of sugar and we will not be buying them again i am sorry to say for josh allen but a good pseudo cereal for josh's jacks and we have definitely had a lot of pervy jokes um using the phrase jacks in my house between me and my wife none of which that my children have picked up on yet as far as i can tell do you have any questions about josh's jacks or (laughs) should we move on to the the uh, the bills box.
1: Yes, I will just note they probably have an NFLPA license, but not an NFL license, hence the logo exclusion. But on the cereal itself, you've perfectly described uh, exactly the type of cereal I expected that to be.
0: It's just funny because I I would I I agree, Paul. I was just think I was just th- thought it was funny that like like clearly they didn't have a serious problem with Bill. They just didn't want them to use the exact logo. You know, a lot of times it's like well that's too close to our logo too, and And like this time, they didn't really have that problem because they clearly have like this bison with a red stripe coming out of his horn. And I'm like, anyway, um, the Bills boxes are fan boxes. Uh, They are part of the initiative stemming out of the racial injustice protests that the that um, it's basically one of the things that they came up with, including um, donating to get. Buffalo school children into into uh, to have Internet access. There's uh, many children that don't have Internet access in their homes. And one of the things they're doing is they're highlighting different local charities. You buy this box. It's shipped to your house. It's kind of like you uh, substitute for going to the game and getting some game stuff uh, with the caveat that the, the, the pl- uh, each week or each uh, home game week, a different player creates a different shirt and then you get some other stuff. So it came. As you can see, the box is beautifully awesome with like a zubaz style hey a red and blue um, interior. It's very trippy when you open it. You get this very actually that that towel is not like a cheap. you can't think of like the Terry cloth towel that the nationals give away for free. like that's a heavy duty kind of sweat towel. Um, I was thinking about getting a bill's mask. Don't need one now because it came with it all right and then Jerry Hughes's um. Jerry Hughes, it's it's signed by him. It's Fists in the Air, Equality, Black Lives Matter, Bill's T-shirt signed by, not signed by him, but screen printed, signed by him, which um, is not the charity. The charity is ECMC, the Erie County Medical Center, um, which is an excellent hospital in the area, and they serve a lot of underprivileged people. And I was very happy that my money was going there. Um, I want to be careful with how I say this next thing. I was happy that the money didn't go to a BLM organization, not because I don't support it uh, necessarily one way or the other, but because I'm happy that they're sort of steering clear of political organizations with where the money is going. Um, That to me is a smart move as an attorney. I'm just thinking about it and saying, like, you know, you can really support something that is going to be local and directly helpful with somebody, not a national organization that is funneling money into a lot of things. And I that would just be the one organization that that came to mind because of what was in the box. And and I, you could, you know, point to a thousand different organizations across the political structure that I would have the same concerns with um, the shirt itself looks cool. I don't think I'll wear it much other than around the house. To be honest, I just I just don't need the aggravation from people looking at me right now and um with stuff also like, you don't
2: go outside the house because we're living in a pandemic. So just, that is another big yeah.
0: reason. Right. I, I like I definitely this this looks like a good gym shirt. It looks like a lot of yeah, I would I would wear it I, I would wear it certain places. I just am in a position where despite what everybody else says about being loud with a lot of things, like I feel like reasoned approach is still the best and and I'm just kind of cautious with what I wear. So, but I'm happy that Jerry Hughes has made this shirt, and it looks awesome. And I know that plenty of people will wear it, and I'm thoroughly encouraging them to. Um, uh, and I'm really looking forward to what the rest of the players come up with as well, because I think that there'll be a, a decent spectrum of of stuff that comes out of this. Do you guys have questions about this, or you know, maybe what I'll do is just post a picture of it and. I don't know. I just thought it would be... have a question be-
2: about Josh's jacks.
0: Yes, please.
2: Please. Okay. So when the jacks come out of the box, yes. do they immediately scatter everywhere at, at massive velocity in a kind of random and scattershot approach? Or do they all kind of pour out in an organized fashion exactly where they're supposed to go?
0: They definitely follow the process here. They definitely organize like they don't fall out one at a time. They definitely fall out several at a time, but they don't go flying around. I feel like their density really kind of like hits the bottom of the bowl. And they don't screw around. They're there. They move they shift a little, you know, the little play action, a little audible at the line, but they're there. They're ready for the milk and they're on to the next spoonful.
1: And when they start I, out, they're jacks in a box.
0: Yes. It's just a jacket in a box. Um. Anyway, okay. So those are all the boxes I have to review today. That's right. (laughs) We have a new segment
1: this day in Bill's boxes. Yes,
0: yes. And let's move on to this day in Bill's history because we're we're doing well, and and Scott, our friend, has to get up early.
1: Yes, I had one leftover note from the Dolphins game, which I'm going to read very quickly. AJ Epinesa was, an active, was, an a- was active for his first NFL game, congrats, but was invisible. And also, I think we forgot to mention that Josh Allen has played four games against the Dolphins, has been AFC Offensive Player of the Week in three of them. That's right.
0: amazing. AJ Epinesa yeah. can be invisible so long as the Bills are putting up, four, you know, 30 points a game.
1: So Exactly. All right, on to this day in Bills headlines. It is September 23rd. We have a theme, not with every answer, but with a few of them. Uh, In tribute to Levi Wallace, get your struggling Bills cornerback hats on, uh, as there will be several throughout this trivia. But first, we're going to start with 2017, how Pilates turned Bills linebacker blank into a pro bowler. Says long before he joined the Bills, he was introduced to Pilates, a conditioning program focused on building core strength, flexibility, and endurance. Blah blah blah. Since then, he's adopted a new lifestyle, shed more than 80 pounds, switched positions, and emerged as a trusted asset on the field, inside, and inside the Bills locker room.
0: This Sorry, is uh,
2: shed more than 80 pounds. Yep.
0: This is the guy that just retired, and I'm and I'm blanking on his name, <laughs> and I'm so mad because like. Lorenzo,
1: uh, Alexander. The, Lorenzo, Lorenzo Alexander, Rax. great attacking I was that just guy. In my head. Yes, I was Frank's like, just tired. retired, and Scott's like, Lorenzo Alexander, yes. Remember, he's actually started his career as, a, I believe, an offensive or defensive a, lineman. Yeah. yeah, he was but, a lineman, yeah. yeah. By the time he got to the Bills, he shed all that weight and was a linebacker, so Lorenzo Alexander it is. Uh, 2016, <laughs> Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator blank trying to make Greg Roman's system work. We've had a lot of great concepts in, but I think if you want better execution, you reduce the verbals. And so we cut back a little bit so the guys can go out and play fast, not think so much and make plays. Well, this is right. This was the week Greg Roman was fired and this guy took yeah. over as offensive coordinator.
0: They won that game and he got fired, right? Like they No, they beat-
1: lost, but the offense put up 31 points. They lost like 35, like, yeah. 31 to the Jets. And and they fired the offensive coordinator.
0: I remember it was color rush week. And then so this was obviously the next guy who By was Anthony the running Lynn. backs coach. Anthony, and was Anthony Lynn. Lynn. I heard yes. Scott with
1: the answer. And Frank actually said Anthony there. Lynn earlier in the podcast.
0: Well, I I was also saying running. I was going like it was the running backs coach. And I was about to say Anthony Lynn. So we're I feel good about this. We're good two job. for two.
1: All right. So you guys are starting off the blaze of fire. This one I think is gettable, too. Uh, 2015 with blank dolphins will see what they're missing. Uh, the only time you actually think about it is when you're pay- the pay- that paycheck is in your locker blank set, but when I'm lined up on the field, I'm not thinking, oh, they just paid me this much money. I'm not thinking of it. Even when I came here, I know for a fact that the money is based off of what I've done. So I don't think I'm sitting here trying to prove to people why I got it. I guess that that's what keeps my mind at ease.
0: So, so former dolphin,
1: mm-hmm.
0: played for the Bills.
1: Yep what year was it 2015
0: 2015
1: this could be the third consecutive robert clue. royal <laughs> this could be the third consecutive clue where frank gives all the hints oh no
0: no 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 no, no it's the oh. other tight end. Charles, charles the tight end charles clay Charles Clay. yes okay. like, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. allie oop <laughs> yes. wow so we have so frank is john stockton and Scott alone. Alone. yeah so that's that's how we're playing today but it's it's effective
0: I so. wanted them to win a championship. Those guys were great. I, I mean, I wanted the Knicks to win one, but like, I, I liked Stockton and Malone. Anyway, go ahead.
1: All right. Um, 2013. This one's a little tougher. You'll remember the name when it's said, but will you remember it beforehand? Uh, the first in our struggling cornerback theme. With Leotis McKelvin's injury and Blank's woes, Bill's secondary in trouble says the Bills need some help there veteran o- are there veteran options out there will they go after one or more of them at this point they may not have a choice so the cornerback that they said has experiencing woes he was burned badly twice in a Bills loss to the Jets in a game where the New York had 20 penalties and still beat the Bills um and by the way another headline that week Bills lose out of first of hopefully many EJ Manuel Geno Smith battles uh, that did not come to fruition uh but wow. this guy's currently a cornerback
2: oh, go ahead Scott no that's just
1: hilarious um what was the year it was 2013 this is guys i was gonna current...
2: say mckelvin
1: no mckelvin is he was mckelvin was that mentioned was my in that. guess um, was so this guy,
2: oh no 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 leotis was
0: leotis mckelvin the one that ran back kicks
1: he was McGee. Yes. okay not mcgee but he, he, was, ran he also kick. ran back kicks he was good Terrence too. mcgee
0: was was earlier than right that. this is
1: a bad player yeah. he is currently he's a cornerback still with the hamilton tiger cats and has been since 2017 in with, the cfl oh, okay. he was a 2011 round seven pick by the bills out of richmond uh he struggled mightily in his five starts in 2013 one of which was his jets game he was cut by the bills on november 19th of that year he played with the texans and dolphins Also later that year, and they both caught him, he played two seasons with Washington in 2014-2015. And that's when he ended up in the CFL a couple of years later.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to get this one.
1: All right. The answer is Justin Rogers. Justin Rogers. But
0: nice CFL cfl career for him good for him
1: yep and we actually think we have another cfl one down here later but we'll get to that in a minute all right uh 2011 buffalo bills blank answers wake-up call i think he responded chan gailey said i don't know if it was because of the demotion to the second team but i know he's responded he's played well in the first two ballgames he's been more consistent in his play and then mm-hmm. the player said, "I just took it as I'm not playing up to chance standards, and that's why he did what he did. I just have to play harder and better and do the little things, and I think I've been doing it." So this was—I'll give the position a minute. I'll start by saying it's a 2008 seventh-round pick of the Bills out of Northwestern State, which is in Louisiana, and he was on the offensive line somewhere.
2: Hmm. Because McGee was also Northwestern State, but obviously.
0: You're ready for McGee. Um, uh, okay, offensive line. So...
1: And while you guys are thinking, I'll give you the, the last of the hints. He didn't play at all in 2008, his rookie year, uh, but he became the team's starting left tackle and started every game there in 2010. Uh, he battled some injuries and then started only the six games in 2011. Uh, the Eagles picked him up. He started five there in 2012, and he was terrible, and his career was done.
0: Am I wrong in thinking this guy had what we would say by white European national? Un, white Europeans would think is an unusual name. Yes. Yeah. I. I. I damn you it. Also, I can...
1: we've also talked about his father during this segment. If that. Happens. Yeah.
0: Oh Christ! I can kind of see his name, and I it's like a blur. Ah. Uh...
2: Not. Not. No, I don't think no. Um. He actually so this spelled this first name two
1: different ways. So it's after Jason Peters and after yeah. Langston Walker failed.
2: Yeah. Oh and man. fuck. In the four Glenn. I
1: if
0: yeah. I had long enough, I would get this, but yeah. I, I'm yeah. not gonna Yeah,
2: it's 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 like it was he on You're the line. To
0: say TV? it and I'm so mad because I know I know this name and I can't I just can't bring it to the front of my freaking head
1: yeah all right scott's in the same boat so the answer is demetrius bell
0: Uh, ah right not demetrius yeah that's right carl malone's kid
1: all right 2008 20 kids that right we we had like a whole thing about
0: how like how many kids he had right anyway go ahead
1: all right 2008 this is a numerical one arrests at the stadium started early and continued through the ride home says, blank people were arrested inside by stadium security. Well, at least blank motorists were arrested on drunk driving charges afterwards. So I'll give you guy whoever gets closest, and you can go over, uh, whoever gets close to the actual number of one arrest in the stadium and two uh, motorists arrested on drunk and driving.
2: Two. Go right. 17 and four.
1: All right, uh, Scott wins here. Thirty-four people arrested by stadium security, and twelve on drunk driving. All right, that was a, that was a dud. All right, we're gonna we're gonna rebound with this one. All right. 2002, back to struggling cornerbacks. Now, Broncos pick on blank. In the Bills' loss to the Broncos, it wasn't the first time teams have gone after Blank, and it won't be the last. Opposing offenses have respect for starting cornerbacks Antoine Winfield and Nate Clements and the ability to lock down receivers. This is kind of of an interesting one. It was a third-round pick of Denver in 1999 out of Eastern Illinois. Mike Shanahan released both return specialists and made him their return man. In his rookie season, he returned 48 kickoffs and 44 punts and had an 81-yard TD, but he fumbled five times in his trade to Buffalo. So Buffalo used him as a kick returner in 2000, but then he was not that good there, so they moved him to cornerback in 01 and 02, and he won the nickel cornerback job in 01, and everyone thought he was doing very pretty well. And then in 02, since Denver knew him, they are like, we're just going to pick on him all game, and they exposed him. And that really, it could have killed that Bills season. This was that eight and eight year with that crazy Vikings game we talked about. Uh, but this guy's inability to cornerback was, was noted and up being his last season in the NFL. This is
0: not Terrence McGee.
1: No. Uh, because
0: he was drafted by the Bills. So I'm right. sorry about that.
1: Chris Watson? Chris Watson. Good job, Scott. Stop. Wow. That Stop is up it. there with Frank's Brad D'Aluiso last week.
2: That is no, it's 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 That's again. That's the sweet spot of of Scott playing like a ton of Madden in college <laughs> with the Bills, and so those 02, 03, 04 teams. <laughs> I'm actually like, th- there's a lot of names that ring bells there quickly. So
0: yeah, man.
1: All right, good job, Scott. This will be this will be tougher. This is also a struggling cornerback, but one who had a good game on this particular day. Uh, three questions to go. 1996, Bills do it with defense is Cowboys fall to 1-3. and three. It says Buffalo Bills didn't have Jim Kelly today, but their defense was so good they didn't need him. Uh, they beat the struggling Cowboys 10-7 with a dominating defense. You mentioned about Todd Collins being replaced by Alex Van Pelt after Collins hurt his ankle. Uh, but the question comes uh, here. Buffalo took a 10-0 lead in the third quarter after blank, Made the first of his two interceptions on consecutive Aikman passes. He picked off an Aikman pass intended for Calvin Martin and returned the ball 31 yards to the Dallas nine-yard line. Uh, and this guy was he was an undrafted free agent from Alabama State, signed with Houston in 1992, played with them in '93, and then played with the Ottawa Rough Riders in the CFL in '95, and played for the Bills from '96 to '99. His career ended in October of '99 when at 30 he suffered a torn ligaments suffered torn ligaments in his knee. Played 54 games for the Bills, six as a starter, intercepted five passes, and had 64 tackles. And he's credited with getting Jason Pierre-Paul involved in football because he was his high school coach. He shares a name, uh, at least a first name, with. A character on Modern Family.
0: Born in 1944, I'm going to go with Gerald Soupy Campbell, a professional football player uh, for the Canadian Football League, specifically the Rough Riders and Calgary Stampeders. Of course, Soupy. this says he ended in 1970. His career ended in 76 in Calgary. But uh, I, I still I'm, I'm just going to stick to my guns here and go with uh, Jerry Soupy Campbell. I'm he
1: does have with... a
2: great photo, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm going with, uh, and it's odd that you're getting the gender wrong, because I'm going with yeah the, uh, the person I who do the beat be- does go on for Gloria yeah, Estefan. The-
1: oh uh, yeah, I was obsessed with her in seventh grade. She had a mega mix that they used to play on VH1 all the time. Did uh, you see that uh, Yep. The mega mates included conga and one two three four and get on your feet and doctor. Oh man, such such a great musician. Um, oh yeah, the answer. Manny Martin, Emmanuel. Martin. Yeah.
0: Well, also known as Manny Martin, obviously. Yes. So. Also
1: AKA uh, triple identity there. All right, these next two are are names. So yeah, you will definitely, I should say, you'll definitely know these, but you definitely know the names. 1990, blank finding a new home as starter on Bill's offensive line. <laughs> says, through the first half of the 1989 season, Blank struggled so badly that the coaches considered moving longtime veteran Joe Devlin from right guard back to right tackle, where he started from 77 to 88. But during the second half of the year, this player rebounded. The big hint will be Blank was pleased with his overall performance in 89. Other than that one incident, he says. The one incident, of course, came in the Bills' October 8th loss to the Colts at Indianapolis. Colt defensive end, John Han managed to get past Blank and crunched Jim Kelly as the quarterback released a TD pass. Kelly suffered a separate show on the next day fingered blank for causing the injury.
0: House Ballard?
1: House Ballard. Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. All right. Last one of the the day. 1979. That's part of
0: why sorry, that's part of why Ballard ended up in Seattle a few years later.
1: Yes. Although he did he made two pro bowls for the Bills before he did, but then yeah, he did eventually find himself I think in
0: there the was Seattle. some animosity there and that was before you could just leave. Like that was before Contracts were squishy. Anyway, continue.
1: All right. And the last one, 1979, Blank has record day. It says, in his first three games, Bill's rookie receiver, Blank, hampered by a shoulder separation, had 11 catches for 162 yards and no touchdowns. However, during his fourth game of the year at home against the division rival Jets, he nearly doubled his season total in receptions. Uh, And after only two weeks after halfback, Roland Hooks had found the end zone. Four times to beat Cincinnati. Blank did the same thing against New York as Buffalo beat the Jets 46 to 31. This was the Bill. This is the Bill's seventh all-time leading receiver with 4,301 yards. Don Beebe? No, before what, Beebe. Wait, what year was this? 79.
0: Oh, sorry, I thought you said 89. I don't know why I said that. Um, Ahmad for- Rashad.
1: Nope, good guess. So he was on the Bills roster at that time. Seventy nine to eighty six he played for the Bills, missed the eighty four season with the knee um, injuries. Jerry tumble. Butler. Jerry Butler. There we good go. Job. Yeah. You guys missed very few. You missed like Manny Martin and and Demetrius Bell and Justin I Rodgers. think it's forgivable
0: still, to I think it's forgivable to miss those three. Like right. in the in the annals of Bills history, I'm happy I got to Jerry Butler before I got to Demetrius Bell. Sorry, Demetrius.
1: Yes. Uh, I'm sure Demetrius feels differently, but I would agree with you. And, Demetrius uh, might be like,
0: no, Jerry Butler was a good receiver. Like, um, what yeah. am I going to say?
1: No? We'll have Demetrius on the show next week and we'll get his Absolutely. opinion on this very topic. And that what was is, uh, this day in Bill's headlines, by the way, for September 23rd.
0: Very good. Thank you, Paul, for once again bringing us the single best segment in all of Buffalo Bills podcasting. We are... Is it here the here single best
1: segment in all of sports entertainment? No, okay, now uh, we Yeah.
0: Among the, the millions and millions of... Paul's fans uh, are most electrified by. So the Bills are two and a half point favorites. So they're they're basically pick them with the, the Rams. Uh, let that sink in. Two years ago, the Rams were in the Super Bowl, guys. Uh, and, and this should,
1: year they're doing great, too.
0: They're doing so. fine. They've got a good, good offense, obviously some defensive stars as well. Um, but, you know, two and a half point favorites. That's basically the home field advantage, um, which is. I don't know how Vegas is treating home field advantage this year. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just sort of saying that's the you went west
1: to east. Yeah, I think it's the travel here when you're talking yeah. about Rams to Buffalo.
0: But obviously the Rams, a different team, excellent offensive team, uh, notably excellent offensive team. Um, Bills, of course, do have some corners. They have some hopefully getting some linebackers back, back. And more importantly, I, as I said at the outset, I I don't think anyone here is going to say that they can't keep pace with the the, like they definitely we've definitely seen it now. They can they can score points. And even last week, they probably left some points on the table. So uh, here they are. The bill's going over 30 uh, points. Uh, Could can they do it again? Will they have to do it again? Who's going to win this game? Everybody picked uh, them to beat the Rams Uh, this week at home in our initial quarter season predictions. This of course is the time where we can, we can change our minds if we'd like to let's start with Scott. who's had a bit of a break here, Scott, give us your prediction. Then we'll go to Paul. Then I'll, I'll, I'll get us out of here.
2: Yeah, I, I, I like the bills to win. Um, I think, you know, the, even, uh, even with a a depopulated uh, stadium, in Buffalo, I think the travel is 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 still a pain for for west to east, as as we pointed out. Um, the Rams, they're an okay team uh, functionally. Like they've they've beaten Dallas, who has a pulse, but obviously needed a miracle on Sunday to beat Atlanta, um, and and that's why they're kind of uh, they're 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 one and one. And uh, Philadelphia is a, a fire right now, so they're not they're not really. Doing much in my book. I think the, the the return of the Rams is a bit much in my book. Uh, we you, you mentioned that they're two and zero this year, and they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. Um, but all of last year, they were uh, also the, the the secret was out on golf, and I think I think it does an extent to is. Obviously, there's still talent on this team. They've mm-hmm. got Robert Woods, who we we all enjoyed playing, and and, and would, would um, you know have no no hard feelings towards him. He, he gave us some good good years there. Um, but not, not, um, you know, Cooper Cup's a good player. Um, Tyler Higby's okay at at tight end, obviously Aaron Donald's uh, defensive player of the year. Um, so we're going to have, we're going to have trouble with him. I have no doubt Jalen Ramsey, obviously the big matchup with, with Josh Allen. Um, we'll see what what the, what the verdict is, but I, I think the bills right now they're, they're, they're pretty locked in. They're, they're playing well at home. Um, you know, we, we've had to deal, you know, uh I, I don't think that the rams have enough horsepower to, to keep up in this game so with this uh firepower that the bills are bringing to the table so i'll go ahead and put another one in for i'll put this at like uh i'm gonna go ahead and say bills 28 rams mm, i'll give them i'll give them, i'll give uh 17 so a, a solid solid home win over uh uh, again, a Ram team that I think by the end of the season, the secret, the uh, will be they'll come back down to Under earth by. So.
0: Wow. Okay, that's a big pick by Scott Paul.
2: Yeah. Let it be
1: noted to all the time travelers here from 2018 that Scott just said, I don't think the Rams have the firepower to keep up with the Bills. So, uh, yeah, that's something they're they're not expecting to hear. Uh, also, we're in a pandemic. You might want to look into that. This, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be the coward who changed my mind and I'm picking the Rams Mm. in this one. Uh, It's not so much that anything I think Scott said is incorrect. I think the bills had a field day. I think there is on offense. I think there's just a point that where regression is going to happen here. I still worry Uh, I worry that Levi Wallace has been exposed and that they don't really have an adequate substitute this week, even if they have Milano and Edmonds to help with, you know, Higby. Uh, Someone's got to cover the Woods Cup combination and Trey can't cover both of those guys. I think that's going to be a problem on the offensive line. Aaron Donald poses a problem for just about everyone. And they have a guy in the secondary in Ramsey uh, who's going to make it very difficult for Diggs and crew uh, to get going. Uh, I want to be on record as noting I wrote down this score before Scott made his pick, and I also said 28-17, but I just said the uh, the Rams, uh, and let's just hope I'm bitter because I'm missing this game because I'm moving on Sunday. So.
0: I wish there was a third way to pick 28-17, and then, <laughs> but but there isn't.
1: 28-17 tie? No. Yeah,
0: exactly. 28-17 uh, aliens whoa um the no look i think you guys have highlighted the exact issue with this game i think they're an even i think they're good teams i think this is a great line i think that they're probably evenly matched I, i i understand scott's position regarding them being a little inflated i understand paul's hesitation because there are in fact weapons on this team i am hopeful this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna say that even though the Bills' offense might have had a field day, and there's a that's due for regression, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say the Bills' defense had an off day, and there's they're due for regression uh, the other way as well. Um, and so I think that you're gonna get a better defensive performance from the Bills, even though the Rams are a better offense. I think they're going to be up for it. I think they're going to play for it, and I think it's going to. I think it's. I think the addition of it, one, if not both, of those linebackers is going to happen, and it's going to help, and it's going to help enough to win this football game. I think the Bills might not put up thirty some odd points. We'll see. I think that you know when you're scheming for the good news for for Dable, like I, I I'm certain that with the two weeks that he's had here, he has kept some stuff in the tank for 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 games against people like Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey I feel like Jalen I think this is what's going to happen Jalen Ramsey's going to have an okay day at corner and the Bills are going to beat the Rams and Jalen Ramsey's going to tweet about how great he is I think it's going to be something more like 24 to 17 I think it will be a closer football game than 28 to 17 I don't think it'll be quite as comfortable Um, but I think that they can do it I think that they can definitely score 24 points I think they've They've shown that they have the offensive firepower to do it. They were very sloppy against the Jets and put up 24 points. And I think that even if they're not sloppy and they're just playing a better team, that's still something that can happen. Um, another thing that we haven't really seen is the running game uh, take off. They haven't done a running intensive uh, a game. And so there might be some room there to open up and get chunks of yardage against the Rams in a way that, you know, they haven't seen yet. And, you know, finish it off with with touchdown plays. And then I just sort of have I'm comfortable that McDermott and Frazier will be able to um, come up with something for the Rams. Let's hope that uh, I'm right and Scott's right and Paul's wrong. And yes, Paul will be I am wrong. Paul will be in a new uh, living situation telling us how wrong he was. Uh, if you'd like to tell Paul how wrong he was, you can at B Bills MNY on Facebook or MNY Bills. On Twitter. Why are they different? Because life is stupid. I don't know what to tell you. Everything's stupid with regards to these social networks. Um, Please get a hold of us. Tell your friends about us. Uh, Send them to our Facebook page. Um, Do it. Find another Bills fan. Everybody who finds another Bills fan, bring them to our Facebook page. Invite them to join it. Invite them to follow our Twitter. Give them an episode to listen to. Tell them to try it for one episode. Everyone who does that, if you do that this week, go put your name on the Facebook page. Go say I invited my friend this week. Let me know. Maybe we'll have something for somebody who does something like that. We'll see. But we really hope you're doing maybe well. You'll
2: get a frank box. Maybe, maybe it'll you'll have get a
0: frank box. Maybe I'll send you all like the t-shirts I don't wear anymore that have holes in them. I don't know. We'll find out. He'll send you
1: a Trent Edwards jersey.
0: I have a Trent Edwards, well, I had a Trent Edwards jersey. I don't know what happened to it, but we'll see what happens to it. Until then, thank you so much for listening. We want to get out of here. Paul, Paul and Scott have got stuff to do, and as do I. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Frank.
2: I'm Scott. I'm Paul.
0: Good night, everyone. Take care.